But today, what I want to do is go, let, let's go to the book of Esther, if we could. The book of Esther, a great book. And um, in, in the book of Esther, I wanted to give today to everybody three keys to prosperity. I have a question. Who wants to prosper in this new year? All right. Here's the reality. When I talk about prosperity, sure, it can sometimes apply to money and it can apply to, to relationships and many other types of things, but the prosperity of the soul is the most important prosperity we could ever have. The Lord desires that our souls would prosper. And who wants your soul to prosper in this year? And, and so I want to give today a few kind of tips, a few keys to how we can prosper in this new year. Let me just tell you something, that, that good situations can help you prosper, but bad situations can also help you prosper in your soul. It, it all has to do with how you approach all of these different things. And so we're, we're, we're going to get into this. Now, I, I don't know about you. Um, I'm not a big New Year's resolution type of person. Um, who enjoys writing New Year's resolutions? Anybody in the room? That is totally okay. You can do it. Like, I, I'm not against it. I'm just personally, I, I'm not that big in terms of doing New Year's resolutions. Now, goal making and goal writing is biblical. It is a good thing to do. There's nothing wrong with that. So if you want to do it at the New Year, you want to do it any other time, there, there, there is no problem with that. But I, I, I got a question. How many of us in this room have ever set a goal and not met it? I, I think that's everybody, right? Whether it's a New Year's resolution or whether it's something else, We've all set goals that we have not met. And what I want to do today is give you kind of a clue in to the components you need to actually move forward, to actually advance. Because a lot of times we think, man, I'll just write it down and it's good. It's, you know, it'll just kind of happen by osmosis or it's going to just occur because I said it, you know, and it's like, no, it requires a little more than that. And so I want to give you three keys to prospering in this new year. Now, Esther, she uh, ends up becoming queen in, in the place of what was the previous queen who had offended the king. And she, along with the people of Israel, are now under foreign control and um, in a foreign land. And so she um, it becomes the queen after this kind of uh, competition, so to speak, among other women. And her cousin, who was more like a dad or uncle to her because he adopted her after her parents died, is named Mordecai. And um, I, I, I preached in this story, uh, I think it was sometime this last year. Um, and I'm not going to go through the whole story today. There's just something in here that is very specific that happens that I want to share with everybody today. And, um, and so what ends up happening is Mordecai had a difficult time bowing down to one of the uh, gentlemen that was high up in the kingdom, Haman, and, um, and he didn't like to bow down to him. So that guy got really mad with Mordecai. And, uh, and instead of just thinking, I'm going to kill Mordecai, he decides, I'm going to take out all the Jews. A little extreme, I know. 
It's like if one person offends you, it's like I'm going to kill the entire neighborhood, you know? And that's, that's what this guy wanted to do. So he goes to the king, and he tells the king, hey, king, um, the, these, these people, he doesn't even name who they are. He just says there's this group of people that are really bad and horrible people, and I, I, they're, you know, out to do their own thing, and they don't uh, obey the king, and so I think we should get rid of them. And the king was like, well, sounds good to me. And so he gave him the authority and let him go out to make that plan happen. And Mordecai finds out about this plan, and he talks to Esther about it. And Esther is secretly a Jew. The king doesn't know that she's a Jew. And shows, so she's in a very, very difficult position. And as we know, as the story goes, she eventually ends up speaking to the king. And the king approves her request, and they're able to give weapons and allow the Jews to fight back, and they fight back, and the Lord gives them an incredible victory. Um, but in chapter 4, verses 13 to 17, is the part of the story that I want to focus on today. What do you do when you find yourself in a new job? What do you do when you find yourself in a new situation, good or bad, but something you haven't walked through before? What do you do when you find yourself with a new opportunity? Or what do you do when you find yourself in a new year? I think what we read here can give us a clue in as to what we can do. Because Esther was in a brand new situation that she had never encountered before. And so her and Mordecai have a conversation through an intermediary. And Mordecai sends this reply to Esther. Don't Think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet, at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Everybody read this last part of the phrase here. What does it say? Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. You know what Mordecai is telling her? He is giving her, he's giving her, first word, I want everybody to say this word, a purpose. Everybody say purpose. He's telling her there is a reason that God has put you here. It wasn't an accident. God did not just make you queen just so you could be queen. It wasn't like, yeah, you know, sounds like a good idea. No, no, no. There's an actual reason that God has placed you here. And, and what if, Mordecai is saying, what if the very reason that God placed you here was for this moment in time to deal with this exact situation? Purpose. Everybody say the word one more time. Purpose. The reality is that a lot of times we set goals, but we lack a purpose. We lack a purpose as to why in the world we are actually doing what we are going to do. You know, years ago, a few years back, I was playing with Daniel, our eight-year-old on the ground. He was six at the time. And um, after we were playing on the ground, I got back up again, but it took me about 30 seconds to get up. Anybody have that type of experience as you get older? Anybody? Some of you are like, no, I'm still good. I'm still good. Well, God bless you. But you know, all of me in my 40 plus years 
You know, it, it took me 30 seconds to get off the ground. And, and, and I realized at that moment that I was weak. I mean, I was really weak, and that was a problem. And, and I thought about it, and I thought, you know what, this is a problem because I, I can't play with my son the same way as I want to because I don't have the energy I need. And then in addition to that, I want to be healthy long-term for my kids, for my wife, and I want to live well, long life. And then beyond that, I need to have some energy because I'm preaching a whole bunch of services every Sunday. And so I realized that I really needed to get strong. But it wasn't strong just to get strong. There was a what behind it? a purpose behind it. There was a specific reason of why I wanted to do that. So I started working out consistently. But there was always a purpose, and there still is. It's I want to make sure that if I need to walk a couple miles for whatever reason, I'm able to do it. I want to make sure that if my son wants to play with me, um, hockey outside, which we did recently, that I've got the energy and the strength to run around with him. And, and so there was a purpose behind it. And can I just tell you that if you want to prosper in this year, you need to have a what? A purpose. You need to know why God has placed you on this earth. And for everything that you do, you need to know why you are doing it. Don't just do it to do it. Have a reason why. Have a why for every action that you are taking, for every decision that you are making. Mordecai helps Esther understand that there was a purpose to her being the queen in that moment. After she receives this message, it says that then Esther, verse 15, sent this reply to Mordecai, go and gather together all the Jews. Everybody say, all the Jews. All the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king. If I must die, I must die. So Mordecai went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. There's two more things inside of Esther's reply that are two more keys for us to prosper in this year. So first, we need to have a purpose. We need to know what we are doing while we're doing it. The second thing we need to have is a process. Everybody say process. You, you need to have a process. Others could say a plan. You need a plan. You need a process for your purpose. Because there's a lot of people that will set goals, but they will never create a what? A plan or a process to go along with that goal. And, and I, I, I would actually argue that the process in many cases, listen to what I'm going to say, is even more important than the goal. Yeah, you heard me. The process is more important than the goal itself. You know, when I was um, in college, I was a swimmer, and uh, I could eat all the food I wanted all day, every day. Literally, I needed probably around 8,000 calories a day, seven, 8,000, just to maintain myself because I was working out four hours a day. 
And so that was my reality. And so it was great. Um, the, the only problem that happened to me is once I graduated college and I finished swimming, I kept on eating the same amount. But I was no longer working out, right? And so all of a sudden, the weight just increased a whole bunch of pounds. I won't give the number, but it was a whole lot and, uh, and way too much. And within a couple of years, I actually had major like sciatic nerve pain that was causing me issues in my 20s with getting out of the car and sitting and, you know, and, and stepping up and, and different things. And, and it was a problem. And, and, and so, like everybody does, I would get to a point, I'd be like, okay, I need to lose weight now. And so then you'd lose pounds. And then all of a sudden, what happens? You'd go back up. And then after a while, then you're, oh, man, I got to lose again. And then you go back down. And it was up and down. And I know some of you are like, I don't have that experience. Yes, because the Lord gave you great metabolism, okay? And you can eat whatever you want. The Lord bless you. I was not blessed with that, okay? So... Um, and you're up and down. Anybody know my story right now? You have a similar story, right? And you're up and down, up and down, up and down. And, and, and you do these diets and you set a goal and you do the whole deal and, and that's fine. But in reality, one thing that I learned was that what I needed more than anything else was a process or a plan or a rhythm to life that created health in me. And uh, all of you hear me talk a lot about meat all the time, and you know how much I love it. I promise you I am not talking about meat today. And some of you are sitting here going, you already said it. You talked about it. You know, but um, but uh, you hear me talk about it, but let me just promise you something. I talk about it much more than I actually eat it, okay? I love it, but, but I talk about it a lot. I don't, I'm not crazy. I'm not eating like pounds of meat every day of my life or something like that. No, that's not my reality. Why? Because I made sure to develop a process, a habit, a way of being that would lead to where I wanted to be. And, and get this, whether you have a goal or not, you can lose weight if you put the right process into practice. Am I making sense to everybody? And that process, here's what happens. Once you develop the process, once you have the plan working, once you have the habit built into your life, that is something that doesn't stop when you reach the goal. Am I making sense to anybody? It is something that continues on because you've built it in to be a part of your life. And so we need to have a purpose, but we also need to have a what? A process, a process or a plan. And this is exactly what Esther did. She knew she was going to have to go before the king and talk to him, but she needed something to happen first. What did she ask everybody to do? We need to fast. We need to pray because obviously prayer is a part of fasting. We need to fast and pray for three days. I need everybody to join with me in this. This is what this is the process that needs to happen before I walk in before the king. I am not going to the king without first doing this. And so she made sure that she implemented the process that was needed in order to accomplish what she wanted to have accomplished. But not only that, let me go back and read this real quick, and it'll lead us to the third thing. She says, go and gather together all the Jews, all the Jews of Susa. And then I want you to see what she did here. Because she understood that she needed the third word. Everybody say it with me. Say presence. 
Say it one more time, loud, presence. She understood that she needed, and listen closely, the presence of God. Now, the name God is not mentioned in the book of Esther, but if they were fasting, they were fasting unto the Lord, right? She needed the presence of God, and she needed the presence of her family and the other Jews that were in Susa. She understood that she could not do it alone. She could not do it alone. And can I just tell you that in this new year, if you want your soul to prosper as well as everything else in your life to prosper, you need the presence of the Holy Spirit. You need the presence of your brothers or sisters or parents or brothers and sisters in Christ as well. You need the presence of people of faith that will stand side to side by side with you and will walk with you and lead you in the ways of Jesus. We need that. Esther needed Mordecai and she needed the support of the other Jews in fasting. And my friends, we need that same presence. You, listen, there are some things you can do on your own, okay? Obviously. Some of you are really good at waking up on your own. My wife is that way. She needs no alarm. She needs nothing. She can just get up. That is a great gift. Anybody else have that gift in the room? Anybody? Yeah, a few of you do. Um, but, but others of us need help, like an alarm or somebody else to wake you up. Um, I, I just heard recently that apparently our generation of parents has been so bad at teaching our kids how to wake up on their own that in universities now they offer wake-up services for, uh, for students that are, you know, living on campus. And um, that, that, that blew my mind when I found that out. Um, and, uh, and so we, all of us have some things we can do on our own, right? But there's other things we need help with. You, you might be good at picking out your clothes in the morning, and some of you might need help with that. I, I don't know. But, but we all can do some things alone. We all can do some things where we need help. And, and let me just tell you that to prosper in this new year as the Lord would have you prosper, there is no alone version of this. There is only a presence of the Lord and presence of others that are walking with us. That is the only way that we end up prospering. There's a lot of people that, that think, you know what, no, 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 I'll, I'll just do the God part alone. And, you know, I, I don't really need the church. It's like, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, we'll see how that goes. And then there's a lot of people that are consistent in the community of faith, but they're not consistent, watch this, in inviting the presence of the Lord on a regular basis into their lives. And so they got the community, but they're lacking the presence of God that they need. This is why every morning that I wake up, the first thing I do in the morning is pray and enter into the word of God. Why? Because I need the presence of Jesus Christ every single day of my life. And, um, and then I love our community because with our community, I've got the presence of fellow believers, brothers and sisters in Jesus that I need to get to where I need to go. And listen, they fasted. They prayed. Esther went with boldness. She understood her purpose. And because of that, God gave her favor. 
and the Lord acted. How many believe, let me ask this one more time, how many believe that God is going to do incredible things this year? But let me tell you that what God does that is incredible will happen because we understand the purpose which we are doing it. We have a plan that we are walking in in order to advance. And we invite God's presence and others along with us in order to do it. And let me just tell you, this exists in the very beginning of Scripture. These verses are not on the screen, but I just want you to see this real quick. Genesis 1, verses 27 and 28, it says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish and the sea, the birds and the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. God gave them a what? A purpose. Everybody say it together with me, purpose. But not only that, in chapter 2, in verses 15 to 22, he begins to make clear the process, the plan that they are supposed to do. It says the Lord God placed a man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it, but the Lord God warmed him. You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. So God makes clear well, what you got to do, you're, the working out of this purpose is you're going to be in the garden and you're going to tend the garden. This is where it begins. You can eat from this tree and these other trees, but you can't eat from this one over here. And then God lastly says, then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be, anybody know what word comes right there? Alone. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals, and those weren't the right helpers, so that God eventually forms Eve from one of his ribs. It was not good for him to be alone, and, and watch this, alone, separate from God, but God was with him. So he he had the presence of God, but he was still missing the presence of somebody else. And so God forms Eve, and now he had who he needed. And the reality is, is that if you would live this year with purpose, you would create and follow a process to live in that purpose, and you would make sure to invite the presence of Jesus every day and to invite others to walk with you, you will experience a soul that prospers during this year and it will be an absolutely incredible year and you will finish this year in 2023 looking back amazed at all that God has done how many can say amen to that so Jesus today we thank you for your goodness we thank you for your faithfulness we thank you for the purpose that you have given to us we thank you that you will show us the path we need to take, the steps that we need to take, and we thank you that right now your presence is with us. Oh God, you are so good. And we thank you that we have the presence of a community of believers who can walk with us everywhere you are calling us to go. Lord Jesus, in this new year, we need you. We need you more than anything and anybody else. We need you. And as we sing it together today, Lord God, oh God, my God, I need you. I need you. I need you.
I need you, Lord. And so, Jesus, may this be a year that is defined by a church that is looking for you, that is seeking your face, and that is inviting your presence to do all that you desire to do in our lives. Jesus, how good you are. And I can invite everybody with me right now. Would you just lift up your hands to the Lord? In an act of understanding of how much we need the Lord, Jesus, we invite you to do all that you desire to do in our lives today and this year. We invite you to have your way with us. Jesus, you are wonderful and glorious. Right there, let's sing together. Oh God, my God.